Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Um, and he's a man that just continues to impress. The more you know, the more you're impressed. Um, and so I really encourage every person here, um, as they hear Gideon speak, that they receive him authentic- authentically um, because he is 100% authentic, even if he's very different to you. So I encourage everyone to stand to your feet and welcome Gideon Hookendike. Thanks, guys. Gideonisms. What on earth is that? My wife always talks about that, Gideonism. I've got this Gideonism. I've got this Catherineism. You know, I, I hear Catherine speaking the whole time. I say, why am I saying that? It's because Catherine says that, you know. So I was like, i got to say that. Yeah. By the way, guys, if, if you're in this church and you're kind of like here now, like this is your home church, who's never been to a newcomer? So you've been new in this church. It's your church now, if you like but you've never been to newcomers. Yeah. So guys, next time, we actually had 22 people at our newcomers this week and 10 didn't make it. So about 32 people new to our church. Right? It's morning and evening, but a whole bunch more are there who've never been to newcomers. Now, we're doing one on the 28th of August. So it's not that far away because there's just a lot of people coming to church. And uh, if you've never done it, then uh, even if you've been here for a long time and you've never been to one, we'd really like you to go there because it is really helpful to get to know the vision of the church and meet some of the leaders and all this kind of stuff. Very, very, very exciting, I think. Anyway, I want to start with a story uh, tonight. A successful businessman was growing old and knew it was time for him to choose a successor to take over the business. Instead of choosing one of his own directors or his children, he decided to do something different. He called all the young executives in his company together. And he said, it's time for me to step down and choose the next CEO. And I've decided to choose one of you guys. The young executives were shocked. And the boss continued, I'm going to give each one of you a seed today. One very special seed. And I want you to plant the seed. I want you to water it. Come back here one year from now and show me what you have grown with the seed I've given you. I will then judge the plants that you bring, and the one I choose will be the next CEO. One man named Jim was there that day, and like the others, he received the seed. He went home excitedly and told his wife the story, and she helped him to get a pot and the soil and the compost, and he planted the seed. Every day he would water the seed and watch if it would grow. After three weeks, some of the other executives began to talk about their seeds and little plants coming up. But Jim kept checking his seed and nothing ever grew. Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks went by. By now, others were talking about their plants, big plants, but Jim didn't have a plant and felt like a failure. Six months went by, still nothing in Jim's pot. He just knew he had killed the seed. Everyone else had trees and tall plants, but he had nothing. And Jim didn't say anything to his colleagues, however, because he just wanted to kind of um, be careful about this and not say anything because he was so embarrassed. A year finally went by, and all the young executives of the company brought their plants to the CEO for inspection. Jim Jim told his wife that he wasn't going to go because he was too embarrassed. He says, um, but he says, his wife says, no, you got to go. And um, he took his empty pot to the boardroom. 
When Jim arrived, he was amazed at the variety of plants grown by the other executives. They were beautiful in all shapes and sizes. Jim put his empty pot on the floor and many of his colleagues laughed at him and a few felt sorry for him. When the CEO arrived, he surveyed the room and greeted all the young executives. Jim just tried to hide in the back. My, what great plants, trees, flowers have grown, said the CEO. Today, one of you will be appointed the new CEO. All of a sudden, the CEO spotted Jim at the back of the room with his empty pot. He ordered the financial director to bring him to the front. Jim was terrified. He thought, the CEO knows I'm a failure. Maybe he will just fire me. When Jim got to the front, the CEO asked him what had happened to his seat, and Jim told him the story. The CEO asked everyone to sit down except for Jim. He looked at Jim and then announced to the young executives, behold, your new chief executive officer. His name is Jim. Jim couldn't believe it. Jim couldn't even grow his seed. How could he be the new CEO, the others were saying to each other. Then the CEO said this, one year ago today, I gave everyone in this room a seed and I told you to take the seed and plant it and water it and bring it back to me today. But I all gave you boiled seeds. They were dead. It was not possible for them to grow. All of you, except for Jim, have brought me trees and plants and flowers. When you found out that the seed would not grow, you substituted another seed for the one that I gave you. Jim was the only one with the courage and the honesty to bring me a pot with the seed, my seed in it. Therefore, he is your new CEO. Look at the screen. If you plant honesty, you will reap trust. If you plant goodness, you will reap friends. If you plant humility, you will reap greatness. If you plant perseverance, you will reap contentment. If you plant consideration, you will reap perspective. If you plant hard work, you will reap success. If you plant forgiveness, you will reap reconciliation. So be careful what you plant. Now, it will determine what you will reap later. Pretty potent story. Wow, isn't it amazing? Today I want to talk about the principle of, of sowing and reaping, the power that is in the sowing and reaping. So today is Sowing Sunday, part of the heart for the house, and it's been an incredible journey the last couple of weeks and I, I love how we sow into this place, how we sow our lives into this place, into the church, how we bless people and reach people. I love the church. I love the family of the church. This morning was just a feel, now he's sitting all in rows, but this morning we had all the family around tables and it was absolutely beautiful to do life together. See, church is all about investing into other people's lives. Church is all about sowing into other people. Your life is to be sowed into other people. It's the best thing ever. You are made for it. It is so good for you. It's so good for other people. We were made to be generous to other people, to serve other people, to love other people, to sow into other people's lives, just like Jesus. It says in Matthew 20, this is what it says here. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he called them to his side. and He said, kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects, like tyrants. But this is not your calling. 
you will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. To have a house for the heart, for the house for the heart for the house <laughs> is to have a heart as a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Isn't it wonderful? Jesus did not come to be served, but Jesus came to serve and to give his life. Jesus sold himself into other people. He invested himself into other people. And we are called to do the same thing. Jesus chose 12 ordinary men, 12 disciples who would follow him. And he put his life, he sold his life into these 12. And because he put his life into those 12, the harvest was amazing. And we see now billions of people who call themselves Christians and followers of Christ. What he sowed, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, now the harvest is continuing. Every day we see 100,000 people come to Christ, to a faith in Christ around the globe. 100,000 people a day, they're guessing. That is amazing. Guys, you can get a little excited about it, you know. It's amazing. What Jesus started is amazing. He sowed himself into other people and it kept rolling like this. This is how the kingdom works. It works like seed. When seed is sown, it produces much fruit. But it doesn't happen automatically. you got to be intentional. A seed doesn't just go and sow itself. we got to sow this thing. we got to sow our lives into other people's lives just as Jesus did this into other people. So my question to you is, who are you sowing into today? Who is the benefit of your life? Who's benefiting from your life? Then Jesus sends out the, tw the 72. He says, go into the world. Just get people saved, heal, save, deliver. And then he sends on the Great Commission. This because this before he goes back to the Father. He says, here we go. Now the Great Commission. Now go and make disciples of all nations. And we've been doing that ever since, right? The seed was sown. We were sown into the globe, into the world. And it's beautiful. What an incredible harvest we've seen. My own testimony is that I was sown into this country 30 years ago. Of course, I had a good plan here. I had a good um, excuse to come into this country with marrying my beautiful wife here, uh, Catherine. But the thing is, though, it's, um, I was sown literally into this country. I could have stayed in Holland. I had a great life, great prospects. Actually, Catherine wanted to stay there. <laughs> and, and I, um, but then we felt together to come back. And, uh, and be here. But the thing is though, it was a, a sowing into, into this nation, my life to sow into this nation, to see Jesus raised up, to raise Jesus be lifted up in this country. It's part of my goal, it's part of what I do, is to lift the name of Jesus, to make Jesus famous in Christchurch, in New Zealand, 
I used to run the march for Jesus. We used to run around here with 10,000 people on the street. Some of you older people know about this still, you know, to make Jesus fair. We had placards, you know, Jesus lives, Jesus reigns. And we had like 100 churches involved all over the country, 25,000, 30,000 people in Auckland. And we had 100 marches at the same time, lifting up the name of Jesus around the, in this, this nation. It was really fun. Because that's what I, what I wanted to do. I wanted to just lift the name of Jesus in this nation. But you know, I stand on the shoulders of other people and so are you. You stand on the shoulders of your family, your, your parents in particular and other uh, God, uh, father figures in your life. I stand on, on the shoulders of my family, fourth, fourth, fourth generation missionary kid, MK, kind of PK too, pastor's kid, but also MK, missionary kid. My great-grandfather went to Indonesia and lived there for 40 years. Two of his children were murdered uh, on the mission field like this. It was really hard for him. But because of what he did, I stand here today. Because I'm part of the legacy. I'm part of what he's sown. But they, my grandparents, my great-grandparents sown, and my grandparents and my parents have sown. Who are you sowing into that you can see a legacy in your life and through your life that continues? It's important, isn't it? Who are we sowing into? We're called to sow into other people. Catherine and I sow into this church. We started this church nine years ago. You saw in the video where we started. You know, it's really, I still have dark hair, and I still had hair, too. But no, it's not too bad. Um, but... Um, you know, in this little, little, little school, you know, with the 30 people, that's, that's where you started. We, we sown our life. We had no money. We had no salary. We had no nothing. And even now, we're still part-time. Both of us still have salary. We're still part-time. We're volunteering half the time. But we love it. We give our life to this church because we love to give ourselves to people. We love to sow ourselves into people because in the end, it's all about people. Did you know that Vicky, I don't know if Vicky is here tonight. Vicky uh, does the cleaning here. Uh, on a Tuesday. She's right there, Vicky. Right there. Come on. Give it up for Vicky. Vicky cleans all the offices and stuff, volunteering every Tuesday. Doing all this work. Nobody, you guys wouldn't even know, right? You didn't know. Now you know. You know? There's so many people who are volunteering in this place in so many different ways. People on the streets were volunteering, who were sharing their faith. This morning they were sharing about somebody who came to faith again when they were sharing on the streets uh, this week uh, with, the, with the outreach, uh, branch out uh, ministry and the, some of the dance ministry and stuff, what they do out into the streets. It's wonderful. Sam and Rachel, they run these school camps. You know, they saw eight, eight kids give their life to Jesus last week and a whole bunch got healed. And this was 85 kids from really, you know, dodgy backgrounds. It's amazing what's happening here. So many people give of their time. They sow into other people's lives. Do you know that some of our people in this church, like David Moot and Vicky Trustum, they actually serve other churches. They go to other churches and minister there on Sunday mornings and just on Sundays and do seminars and take their worship team. We're just sowing into other people's lives, and I absolutely love it. <clears throat> Son Jonathan, he was sowing too. I love it. When he was growing up uh, at the basketball at the... Um, at Middleton Grange School, he was kind of called the pastor. And I thought it was really funny, you know, because he's like a pastor's kid. But still, for him to become kind of called pastor, we heard this, you know, via via, you know. And why was that? It's because he was always sowing himself into his friends, into problems that people have, kids, whatever, whatever. And he was sowing himself into those people. And I'm so proud of him that he, you saw him working, they see him in the video, you know, right at the beginning. He was 15 years old when he started with us in this church, doing sound in the background, didn't know anything about sound, he just learned very quickly and just did it, and he's been faithfully serving here for now close to nine years. Come on, give it up for Jonathan, he is, this is amazing. Well done, Jonathan. I love it. 
And often you see a kid kind of hanging around him, a younger kid, you know. You want to know why? Because he's sowing into the next generation. His life shines to other people. Who is your life shining into? Are you living for yourself? Or are we living for somebody else? Amen? You see Paul, he pours himself in Timothy. You see Elijah, he pours himself in the Bible into Elisha. What is your wake? When you look behind your life, what do you see? What lives have you touched in your life? It's an important question, right? I suggest it's one of the most important questions there is. If life is all about relationships, then what have you sown into what relationships and what is in your rear mirror? And I think sometimes we've got to look into our rear mirror and say, hey, is there actually any fruit uh, through our lives? Amen? Because God wants us to create bigger worlds for other people. Amen? It says beautiful scripture there in Proverbs 11. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Now that's amazing. We are called to bless other people. We are called to sow into other people. We are called to give our lives to other people. And the beautiful thing about this is it will come back to you too. It's not the reason we do it, but it will come back to you. When you bless somebody else, you will also be blessed. It's amazing. It's just how it works. And it's so much fun. In the end, everybody wins. Amen? But when you get stingy, when you think about yourself and you don't give your life to other people, then it goes nowhere. Your love goes nowhere. It goes to yourself. But it just kind of puffs up, doesn't it? It's me. It's me. It doesn't really work, isn't it? It's not really what we want to have. It's like a big balloon, you know? Like bits. Maybe sometimes you just want to have a little pin, you know? And just, anyway. Pop your little balloon, you know, like this. It's amazing, you know? I meet so happy people. If you meet, often when you meet happy people, generally you find that happy people are generous people. Generally. I don't want to stereotype, but I am stereotyping. It's things though, generally it is that way. And generally it's also that way if you meet somebody who's not very happy or a bit down or a bit scroogey, you know, like Scrooge, uh, Christmas, you know, uh, then often they're quite stingy and think about themselves and they're in the center of their own universe and that's not really helpful. Amen? We are called to sow into other people's lives, to invest ourselves in other people's lives. Now one of the things that I do that I love, but I've lost my, it's there. Can I have this? Thank you so much. I, I think it's like this, guys. A bit like the cross. Somebody made this. Nathan, you made it for me. Where's Nathan? Still here? Yeah. Nathan, over there in the blue. Put your hand up. He made this, guys. Come on. Look at this. It's so awesome. Thanks, Nathan. I really love this. And I've been using it, as you know, last two weeks ago I used this and now again. So I see it a bit like this in your life. It's like the cross. Now, who is, who is, feeding, who is feeding into your life? Who, who, who is sowing into your life? Who are you listening to? Who, who do you allow to speak into your life next to me and people like that? Who are you, who's sowing into your life? We all have people that sow into our lives. Or we need to have people that make us bigger people, right? Who sow into our lives. So be careful who you let sow into your life. But it's important that you do have somebody come down, sow into your life. Of course, God obviously is doing that. But you know what I mean? God uses people and that's good. Now you go down. Who's actually underneath you? Who are you sowing into? Like often it could be a younger person than you, like you could be a businessman or businesswoman and maybe somebody's not as far in business or whatever it is. Who are you sowing your life into to encourage them, to strengthen them, to encourage them, right? Then sideways, there's all kinds of things we can think about. One of the things I think about is your peer group. Who are your friends that you spend time with? Who are your friends you put your life into? Uh, who are some of those people like in the family or whatever? And on the other side, maybe, maybe the lost, maybe people who don't know Christ, 
Who, who are you looking after? Who are you sowing your life into who doesn't know Jesus yet? You do, but they don't. And so I think like a cross, I think it's a great little picture of, of what our life can look like when we sow ourselves into. So we are sowing the whole time in all directions. Amen? A bit like this picture over there, sowing and reaping into other people. Now I want to just briefly talk about finance because I think it's one of the most beautiful, tangible things we can do to sow into other people's lives. Finance is often a, 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 um, a subject people don't like talking about. And I actually find it really strange because finance is, is, we all deal with finance every day and we all want to do well in it. So it's, it's better that we know how it works, right? So we can do well. And I don't know why people are, oh, sometimes people get a little bit like something in their throat, you know. And they, you know, when you start talking about finance, I suggest you just relax because it's all good news. It's going to help you. It's not going to take from you. Well, it may take from you. But it's amazing how much you get back too. I want to talk about it for a moment because one of the most powerful things, Jesus talked more about finance than anything else except for the kingdom. Jesus talked about finance more than anything. So we need to make sure that we learn and we talk about finance. There's amazing financial promises. I always want to talk about one today. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I love this in the Amplified Bible. And God is able, everybody said able. He is able to make all grace, that means every favor and earthly blessing, come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, guys, this is amazing uh, scripture at the moment, have complete sufficiency in everything, be completely self-sufficient in Him, and have an abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Now, I don't know what you think, but this is an incredible scripture. If you talk about complete self-sufficiency in him, have an abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Have enough to give to others and to bless us. So not only do you get blessed, but you can actually through your life be a blessing and sow into other people's lives. Now, I think this is a beautiful, beautiful scripture. Amen? Now, how does God do this? How does God see the self-sufficiency and in Him and abundance for every good work? And How does He do it? Well, keep reading. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now He, this God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through, <clears throat> sorry, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That's most, more scripture than some of you have read the whole week, right? <laughs> Come on, be honest. I won't put, let's put the hand up. I love this in the Passion Translation. Look at this. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need, plus more. Everybody say plus more. It's always plus more. God is so generous. Then he multiplies the seed as we sow it. Can you please say this? As we sow it. So that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. This is kingdom giving. This is kingdom finances. 
It is very, very powerful. You just heard the story of uh, Cyrus. He talked about this um, testimony, about that seed he had this morning. There was another person this morning who gave a testimony here. She said, listen, I always struggled about the whole thing of finance and particularly with tithing and I didn't know exactly what to do and I felt like compulsion. I didn't want to do this and this and that. She said, okay, God, I'm going to do this. She decided this week, she says, I'm going to give, so you haven't got much money, so I'm going to give $20 every two weeks, Right? And so she testified this morning here on stage. And she did it. She says the next day, she received $6,000. It was just an affirmation for her to say, you're on the right path. Because when you start sowing, it's amazing what supernatural wheels get set into motion. And the thing is, though, many of us don't understand those wheels. We don't understand those principles. And it's actually very sad. And that's why I love talking about finance. Because I want you to learn to get the wheels going into motion. The Jews are very good at that. They make an awful lot of money because they know the principles of God. Believe me, they do very well. A lot of business people, even non-Christian people, they know very well because they know the principles of God. It's an amazing promise that God provides seed to the sower. He provides seed for you and for me. He provides jobs and all kinds of things that we can sow. And if you don't have a seed, it says here, then ask him, he says, and he'll give you some seed. And we had this before. We had this testimony. I don't have any seed, Lord. And then God says, okay, ask me for a seed. Here we go. And he'll provide you for a seed because he loves this. I mean, I was thinking of it like a parent. If you know that a certain thing works, a certain principle works, don't you want your kids to start doing this? Say, I want to see, I want to see... Um, I also say Johnny. Sorry, Johnny. I mean, I know. But Johnny is just, a, you always say Johnny, don't we? People say Johnny. Uh, Peter. When you say Peter, you know, you want, to, you want them to, to learn about finance, then don't you want to say, hey, this is actually how it works, son. Do it. Apply it. And then watch, watch him do it. Say, no, 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 no. No, you actually got to do that one. Yes, yes, that one. And he does it. And yeah, it works. Don't you want that? It's the same as God. He wants us to learn to start using the principles that he's given to us. It is so important. I'm very excited about this, but nobody else seems to be excited in this house. I'm excited, and I'm doing very well. I tell you financially, I tell you what happened. I won't say, I can't take details because we can't. Um, my wife won't let me. But Catherine had a, had a, had a thought about uh, last month she wanted to go somewhere. And then, um, so he has time. And then uh, yesterday, yesterday, somebody called. And he says, actually, I've got a house there. It's overseas. And helped to pay f for us to go. Out of the blue. The thing is, though, God knows your needs. He knows your desires. He knows your wants. But he also knows how it works. Yes. If, when we're faithful, it's amazing what's happening. When we put Jesus first in our lives, there's nothing like it because he is able. Everybody say he's able. He is able. See, when we sow it, it said here in the scripture, as we sow, then the multiplication starts happening. Seed means nothing by itself. You can have seed in your hand and it will last for 500 years, if it lasts that long, you know what I mean? It will go nowhere. Seed has to be sown. One of the most important seeds that you can ever sow is finance. It's just the way it is. I often say to people, if you're struggling financially, please give away money. It's the best way to counter, come in the opposite spirit. Because that's what God does, your opposite spirit. 
So you start giving, and it's amazing what wheels start spinning in your favor. Now, what I like about it's very interesting. In verse 8, it says that God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you always have sufficiency. Why does it say he says it's he's able? He's able to do it. He can do it. It doesn't say he will do it. Right? Well, that's what it says here. He's able to do it, not he will do it. Why is that, guys? I want you to get this. It's the most important lesson for tonight. Why is it? He's waiting on us. That's exactly, see what he did. He has given us a seed and he's given us a principle. Now what do we have to do? Use the principle and sow the blimmin' seed. Right? He doesn't want to just give everything to us. Now, sometimes he does because he's so good he can't help himself. But the thing is, though, he wants us to learn how it works. That's the key thing. He wants us to learn how the principles of God works. And so he wants partnership. God wants partnership with you and me, with, with, with him and me and you and him, and you know? Partnership. He wants agreement. Serious. That's why it says all, all the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus, and we say the Amen. I mean, all the promises can be yes in Jesus, and it'll take you nowhere. If you don't say amen, it won't fit you. The gospel is for everybody. Everybody in the world has been forgiven. Jesus gave his life for everybody forever, past, future. But only when you apply by faith will you be saved. Right? So God has given these things to us, but if we don't apply it, if there's no agreement, then it won't apply. It's wonderful in Ephesians. In Ephesians, it talks about that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so many Christians then sit down and say, oh, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing and there's a finished work of Christ and everything is finished. Yeah, Jesus finished the work for you to start a work. He, made, he empowered you to do something that you couldn't do yourself by His grace. Amen. So the thing is that all these things have been given to us, but what do we then do? They all come to us in seed form. They're all there. Remember I talk about this belly button behind the spirit is behind your belly button? Remember there's, an, there's the little navel thing when you were uh, with your mother, you know? What do you call this? Catherine, help me. The umbilical cord, you know? But, but in the spirit, your umbilical cord in the spirit is behind here too. Your spirit lives in here. And so there's umbilical cord here to heaven. Right? That's why you've been given everything in Christ because everything is just this open heaven. Right? But you can live your whole life with an open heaven and never apply anything. It can be there, but it's just there. It's not here. It's there. You know? It's like there. You step into it. It's all in seed form. We apply this by faith. We go after this by faith and by being faithful in the things that God shows to us to do in this way. It is very, I mean, all the farmers know this. You can't just have a seed and not, not sow it. You gotta sow the seed. The power of the multiplication is actually in the seed. And when it falls to the ground and it dies, then, it's amazing that it? it dies. Then it comes out. That's what Jesus says, didn't he? Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and remains, it remains only a single seed. Anyway, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only single seed. But if it dies, it produces many, many seeds. God has given us seeds. But it won't go anywhere if it's in your hand. That's why God doesn't like stingy people. 
It's not because he doesn't care for you. Of course he cares for you. But he wants his stuff to go around. He wants you to be free. He wants you to sow. He wants an inheritance. He wants a legacy through your life. And legacies don't come when you have a fist like this. Legacy comes when you open your life. When you give your life to other people. When you give to finance to other people. When you give your love to other people. When you give your encouragement to other people. That's why God loves prophecy. Prophecy blesses other people. He wants us to be generous in our lives. To give ourselves to other people. Amen? Amen. That's good stuff. I'm encouraged by it. <laughs> the power to create wealth is in the seed. In the beginning of Corinthians, in the same book here, it says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I don't, I don't know how to say this nicely. The harvest is in your own hand. Don't blame God for your lack. Think about it for a moment. I'm going to don't blame God for your lack. It is not him. He is a very, very generous God. But the thing is what he does, he works through principles. That's how he's always worked. What, what about starting applying his principles and see what happens? You know, it's very interesting. In the Old Testament, it talks about tithing. Now, tithing itself, I don't want to talk too much about tithing, but I just want to say it for you, for just, just that you understand a little bit. Is tithing itself, for me, is not sowing and reaping, just that so you know. Tithing, God says, give me the first fruits of your life. I believe it's 10%. It goes to him as honor, as worship. There's nothing to do with sowing and reaping. You don't sow that. It's not yours to sow. It's yours to give. It's his money, Right? But after that, like we do now with, a big, with the offering like we're doing right now, and when you give to other things, that's where sowing happens. Start sowing and reaping. That whole principle starts working. And I, I love that. But even in the Old Testament, even about tithing, he says in Malachi, he says, hey, you don't believe me? Test me. And see if I would not open the heavens for you. Right? Now, that's not New Testament. It's Old Testament. New Testament, God says, don't test me. If you want to, you can. He's big enough to take your test, you know. I'd rather you test him than do nothing. But in the New Testament, not test him. He says, will you trust me? Not test, but trust. It's trust. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? Will you trust me in the area of finance? Like this. The harvest is actually in your own hand. Don't give under compulsion. But give as a generous spirit. An invitation to more, an invitation to sowing because God loves a cheerful giver. This is what he says and I'm finished. The Passion Translation says this. Here's my point. Verse 6. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Amen? Amen. Come on. I would like us to have an abundant harvest through our lives in every way. Not just only financially. In every way. Amen? I want us to become the most generous people, sowing people, investing people that is in Christ church. That is my goal. Hopefully it's also your goal. And so we are invited to partner with God and go on a journey to learn. Now today it's about sowing Sunday and like you've given money tonight. It's great. Praise Jesus. But I want, I want more than that. I want this for your life. It's not about a one offering, one-time offering. It's about your life. 
How are you going to spend your life? Because you were called to sow yourself into other people. When you give to the church, when we tithe to, to run the church, we all do this stuff. Catherine and I and the whole staff and all the bills we pay, everything we do for other people. I don't do it for me. We do this for people. We do this to sow into other people. And particularly into people who don't know Christ yet. There's so many out there. There's still some seats available, see. There's people right now getting drunk and all this kind of stuff what they're doing right now. Totally lost. They're looking for love. They don't know that God is love. He's amazing. So what about us trying to sow our lives into other people's lives? With every area of our lives. Amen? Why don't we pray? Father, thank you so much that you sowed Jesus into the world. For God so loved the world that he sowed Jesus. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Lord, thank you that you are the master sower. You're the master farmer. Father, we thank you so much for your incredible principles we can live by. Thank you, Lord, that you've made these for us to prosper, for us to do well, to be a blessing. Like Abraham was called, he was blessed to be a blessing. Lord, we want to be a blessing to other people. We want to sow into other people's lives. Lord, we want our lives to count. Thank you for the high calling that you've given to us. And we say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. And we will partner with you, Jesus. We will partner with your Holy Spirit. We will agree with you. And we will honor you in every way in our lives. We bless you, Jesus. And we give you praise. Amen. All eyes closed still, just for a moment. Jesus was sown into the world for you. He was absolutely perfect. He was the radiance of God. He was mutilated. And the sin of the world was put on him. And he took that sin to a cross and he died for you and me. But then God the Father resurrected him on the third day. He's alive today. But if you are not alive in him right now, then you will face a Christless eternity. Today, for you, is a choice to make. Heaven is beckoning you. The life of God is beckoning you. It's such a beautiful life, full of love and joy and peace and power and future and hope and radiance. Is there anybody here? You say, man, I need Jesus. I'm not a Christian yet. I need to be saved. I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to know Christ. Is there anybody here today? If there is, if you want to put up your hand, because I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here tonight who says, man, I need Jesus. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Most important decision you'll ever make in your life. No one else? I want to pray for the lost for a moment. Can we? I want to pray for you in a minute, and we'll pray all together. But I want to pray for, actually, I'll, I'll pray for you first and I'll pray for the lost. Father, just pray after me. We'll just all share with this beautiful man. Can you follow me, please, in this prayer? Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Make me new on the inside. And I receive your Holy Spirit. Now I'm clean. I'm righteous. I'm a son of God. 
today I make you Lord of my life. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give it up for the gentleman. Now let's want to pray together. Let's pray together for the lost. I want to, I want to see more hands up. Jesus, you love the world. You came to seek and save the world. You came to seek to save lost people. And Jesus, we pray even this week that you get us to meet people on our road, at school, at work, wherever we go. Jesus, we pray that you will get us in touch with people, divine appointments of people that you have already predestined for us to meet this week. Father, I pray for open hearts, that you're already working in those lives anyway. Lord, I pray for the confidence and the boldness that we have to seek and to sow into other people's lives, to see other people's lives. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes for where they are. Open our eyes to our brothers and sisters who don't know you yet, the protocols who don't know you yet, our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues, classmates. Father, we want to see revival come. Lord, we want to see many, many come to Christ. You love people, Jesus, and we love people. So we pray, use us this week to reach others. In Jesus' name, amen. We're just going to have a moment, you with Jesus. As we share around communion, that Jesus sowed himself into our lives to make us new. Can, can we, the elements, can they please be shared right now? Guys, this is a power meal. This His body was broken for you. His life was shattered for you that He may give you life. He gave you new life, but there's power. When you eat today and you have a need, then proclaim His name. And his broken body over your life. Because by his stripes we were healed. His blood is powerful. It will change your life. There's power in the blood of Jesus. And when you take this today, take it with faith. It will bring life to you. In every area of your life. Jesus, we thank you. For the bread. For your body broken for us. You are the bread of life and we eat your bread. We eat your life and we find sustenance and we find life and health. But thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed for us, for the forgiveness of sin, but also for a new covenant with beautiful promises that we live in. And we thank you, Lord. We apply these promises. We say, yes, Lord. We say amen to the promises in Christ. We drink right now in Jesus' name. So just going to stay where we are just for another moment just while everyone has communion. But just feel free to pray for the person beside you as we take communion. Remember who Jesus is.